is Stacy with Leader Solutions and Decision Support. And today we've got a really great topic. This is, again, along the decision line of the podcast series. We've got a really great topic and two of the best to dig into it as well. We have LSDS CEO Terry Peters with us. Hi, Stacy. Hey, Terry. And we have first-time guest and a longtime friend of the company, and Terry Lorenzo Stevenson. Hey, how are you, Stacy? Great. I'm excited to have you both here and talking about this. Before we get into the topic, though, real quick, how did you two meet? So I believe it was 2003. I was a young SF soldier, Green Beret and 3rd Battalion, 5th Special Forces Group. And Terry just so happened to be my company SAR major. And I believe our first time together, my team and I were out doing a some training out in the back 40 at Fort Campbell. And Perry came out, as any good sergeant major would do, to hang out with the team and, and, and do some walking in the back 40 and check on training. So since 2003, Terry and I have been very close professionally. We've deployed together out of fifth group, and we've spent quite a bit of time having sessional conversations. So we, we've been with each other now for just about 20 years, and it's been great having a, a friend and a mentor like Terry to have uh, along the way. And Stacy, I'll add a couple of things. One, Lorenzo is dynamic. And and you notice that that was clear the first time I met him. There, we've had some some funny stories. Lorenzo, first day on the ground in Iraq with me, he's been on the ground a few days. Need to deploy a quick reaction force. Lorenzo's, he's been on the ground just a few hours. He's coming around the corner in a gun truck with Tevas on. And, and of course, I stop him and he asks this great question of, you want me to go solve this problem or you want me to put my boots on? And, and my my risk mitigation, worried about reporting response was just don't get shot in the foot, right? So, but Lorenzo has excelled in every assignment in the military and now in his work at Amazon, he continues to just, just excel. Incredible leader, incredible family man, great friend. And I'm just giddy that you're on here today, Lorenzo. And Stacy, our pledge as we talked before we turn on the mic is we'll try to keep this between the, the rails, if you will. So should be fun. <laughs> Right. Now, this is going to be a good one. I'm excited for the topic, and that's pretty much what I've seen of this so far. So our topic today is the culture and operational impact of leader priorities. And I'm interested to hear how this topic came up between you two. Yeah, so Stacey, I'll take this one. This came up with a conversation with one of our clients and friends, and, and the subject was broached. One, will you lead a podcast on this? That's how a lot of conversations begin these days. I definitely say I'm not sure because Stacey's in charge of those. And But the, the question that was really centered around was when priorities change, how does that affect culture? And then how do you ensure the best practices of culture during this period of change? This particular leader was just unsure of how to take ideas forward that were relevant to something that had been sunsetted, as well as ideas that were still relevant to other projects because there was just turmoil around canceling an initiative, if you will. And so I said, hey, it's great. I know exactly who I'd like to get on this. And that's Lorenzo because he's seen so many projects change and he's been in so many organizations where the culture is strong and in some where the culture hasn't been strong. So I thought that would be the reason that I asked to see if Lorenzo could, could meet us on this. So that's that's a little bit of the genesis of it. And then why I think Lorenzo is the right fit for this. I like that. So here we go. So we're going to dive into this. You know, Lorenzo, you, you saw the topic, got that from Terry, jammed out some really great notes here that we're going to dive into. I'm just going to ask some questions and get the feedback from both of you on this one. So the first question here is what are priorities and why do we need to establish them? Oh, yeah, Stacey. Uh, so for any organization, as well, no, 
leaders have a profound impact on an organization's culture. I mean, essentially, leaders walk through their organization's culture and determine the organization's trajectory based on their actions or, in some instances, their inactions. And from that, we can surmise that a leader's priorities will basically establish at the strategic level, the direction of an organization, and that direction vision will cascade down to leaders at the tactical level performing those frontline tasks. And we all know that strategic leaders think long-term, they create and allocate resources, and our tactical leaders, they're the ones who are managing those resources in support of the organizational vision and those strategic objectives. So with that in mind, our priorities are something that we want to place at the forefront of our resource allocation. Right? We want to make sure that these things are happening and that they're happening at the right time with the right resources and by the right people. So priorities are very important and establishing them is, is the purpose of those leaders. So a, a leader establishing a path to green, to obtain those objectives, to support that vision, that is the sole purpose or the, the function a strong leader is going to do in their organization. Yeah, Stacey, I'll add a couple things here. One, I think Lorenzo's point of priorities equate to resourcing and what needs to be done first. And we've seen organizations that have really great processes around this. We've seen organizations that are just a little bit erratic because a leader will come in with a good idea and there's no one to sanity check that good idea. So my message to leaders out there, if you come in with a good idea and no one is talking about consequence management or effects or those types of things, I would say you're probably sitting in an echo chamber and you need to get some fresh air because I think that that's the piece that often happens, especially in large organizations where leaders you know, surround themselves with people they can delegate with and to. But often if they're not out there circulating and asking great ideas or have someone who can speak a different perspective to them, priorities have a way of shifting and causing real turmoil at the echelons of an organization, especially if leaders and, and the system doesn't communicate well. I like that. That flows well. And I, I like the quote you have in the outline here, Lorenzo. This from your parents. Yeah, something that we learn at a very young age, right? Like, what are our priorities? What's important to us? If you look at a young kid, when he goes to a store, he wants to head straight to the candy and toy section. Those are his priorities. Whereas mom and dad, they need to head over to the grocery section to take care of their family. So it, it's all about those four priorities. And we learn them at a young age. And then just to talk a little bit about what Terry said. With establishing those priorities, if priorities are not managed and maintained, an organization can can take an impact or can be impacted negatively if, if those priorities aren't managed, right? And with that, the resources and the hours of your frontline employees or even other leaders of that organization just kind of fall by the wayside. And then before you know it, what you have is an organization that is feeling undervalued. You have leaders who have lost trust, lost respect, and then you have an impact on the actual culture. Having your priorities set, maintaining and sustaining them is ultimately going to impact the culture of your organization and how well that organization performs. Yeah, agreed. Leaders think about priorities. The best organizations we see as, the, as leaders and the senior teams are racking and stacking priorities. They're also thinking about communication plan to let the teams know and, and let their entire organization know what is changing and why. Some of the best practices we see include leaders creating talking points and then really getting out globally into the masses to speak to them in, in small groups or whatever the demographics are 
opening opening their ears and listening and then answering questions and making sure the message is clear. And so you'll see leaders doing a lot of repetitions, if you will, to make sure everybody's uh, on track. Worst case things we've seen is a few years ago, I was got the, had the ability to observe an organization and they had been investing a lot in some new initiatives and then priorities changed and leaders applied excellent analysis and decision-making. But what didn't happen was the communication all the way down to those front lines. In reality, what happened was one day people are working away at their stations, and then someone inside the organization shows up and basically says, thanks for your work. This has been defunded, and you're going to have to go find other work inside the organization. Without clear messaging and understanding that if you don't manage this really well, you can impact the culture, what that turns into at the individual level is a lot of fear and uncertainty. And, and often people internalize and believe that they've done something wrong when, when they haven't. Simply priorities change. So leaders, as you're going through these change management, if you will, important to understand how the messages are getting out there. And then I encourage you not to assume that someone else is doing it and making sure that you, no kidding, you're applying real effort. Because I am convinced those, those senior leaders ask of the people around them, is the message getting out there? And I'm convinced those people probably said yes, but this gets back to getting some fresh air and making sure you're interacting with your teams. So I think as, as we go through this to Lorenzo's point, establishing priorities is a reality. How that impacts your culture is something you can manage and you have an opportunity to strengthen your culture. If you don't apply the effort, you can absolutely erode your culture of an organization very quickly because priorities are changing. That makes a lot of sense. I like where that was going too. And it kind of leads into this next portion too, as leaders, how do we manage those priorities? So managing the priorities for a leader, what you want to do is making sure that your priorities are established to support the organization's objectives and their mission, right? So as you manage these priorities, what's important to the organization and how you cascade that down to your team can happen in various ways, right? And the most important ways we see are opening up those lines of communication. You need to have open lines of communication. I think as, as you manage priorities and what's important for your organization, you have to have the open line of communication both ways, from the top down and from the bottom up, and then consistent feedback. So you have to have consistent feedback. You have to be able to provide those leaders down at the tactical levels and operational levels with the expectation. And you do that with those mechanisms, uh, the one-on-ones, having those one-on-ones, making sure that the vision is known. If you look at a lot of organizations around, they have their mission statement, placed up on walls, they have it on plaques. Everywhere you go, you can see an organization's mission statement. For example, at Amazon, we have our leadership principles everywhere in our buildings. No matter where you go, there are leadership principles up on the buildings as reminders that, hey, this is what we're focusing on. This is what's important. When you make decisions, your decisions should be based on these values and, and these expectations. I like that a lot. That is really, and the fact that it's everywhere, posted everywhere too, for you can't, you can't miss it, right? Yeah. I'll just add a couple of things here. When organizations historically establish those priorities, it's because they need to achieve some effects or the other. To, to Lorenzo's point of, you know, you got, you got a mission, which is the reason for our existence. You've got a vision that informed imagination of a future place, right? And so you're heading that way. But inside organizations, you know, I'm mindful that as leaders are, are thinking about this, Having too many priorities means that 
no one's really quite certain of where what they need to do now. And so the better organizations we see have somewhere between two and four priorities. Some have only one, some have three. Usually between two and four means that you can manage it, everybody understands. And uh, to Lorenzo's earlier point of there's some accountability, something's being measured, there's some milestones and goals that we've got to meet. And often priorities will shift because as we set the conditions for success with a higher priority, now it's a matter of executing and delivering with, with another set of priorities. We've also seen inside organizations, those components or commodities have priorities, and those are all aligned to those strategic priorities that Lorenzo's mentioned throughout. So important to understand, and, and it can get overwhelming. So that's why we less is, is a lot better in many instances with this. So people understand what they're achieving over time by priority, but it, it does take a lot of effort. And that's why effective meetings, effective communication, tracking systems, all of those things that make organizations run well are critical to managing those priorities and achieving the results that people need. Yeah, I think with all of those mechanisms in place as leaders and, and as a part of our priorities as a leader, you need to trust or verify, Terry. Like you said earlier, leaders just, they, they can assume that their message is being cascaded or being put out to the organization. But as a leader, you need to go and trust and verify. I mean, you should be engaging with your team, your organization, everyone at every level. And when you have those conversations and when you're engaging other managers, leaders, employees, whatever level they're at, that's when you ask the question. Hey, when was the last time you talked to your leader? When was the last time you had a one-on-one? Hey, do you know why you're doing what you're doing? So trusting and verifying your message and whether or not it's been cascaded is, is probably a, a critical point to any leader. And I think what happens is the higher leaders get up, the further away from, we'll say, the floor that they get. They, they lose some sight of what's happening at the tactical level because they are focusing on those long-term and strategic objectives and, and doing that consequence management that they get away from those frontline leaders and they're not doing the, the very basic stuff of getting out there, engaging and talking with your team and, and getting a better understanding of who your team is. Exactly right. And we talk about verifying assumptions and validating assumptions. It's a critical task throughout this, this concept of managing priorities. And then the other part of this is, is we, as we talk about culture, Ensuring that as you strengthen your culture every day, ensure that it sets the conditions for people to give you news that's not so pleasant. If you make the truth too painful, people will stop giving it to you. So if we have a priority, we've changed priorities, we're moving forward, and we're not meeting milestones or deadlines, setting the conditions inside your team so that someone can report that to you at an early period, and it doesn't cause an allergic reaction, my term, by a leader, so that you can actually work through it, that's extremely important. If leaders are hearing something they need to hear, but not what they want to hear and have an allergic reaction, I can assure you they'll stop hearing what they need to hear soon enough. Yeah, and, and you brought up a great point earlier, Terry, about uh, I was sitting here envisioning, envisioning it in my mind. If you have an organization and a project is, is given a full stop and now these five, six employees are now marched down to HR in view of everyone in the organization, right? Like everyone seeing this happening or everyone knows about it. Hey, this project got it. Those five, six, however many employees had to go to HR and now they're looking for somewhere else. Well, then kind of like you said earlier, Terry, like everyone else is going to take note of that. And that is going to seriously impact 
your culture. Because now, because it wasn't communicated, because that message wasn't sent with some tactical thinking behind it or some strategic thinking, now the culture of that organization is going to be affected because now everyone else is like, hey, we all can be on the chopping block. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Lorenzo. And, and you know, what happens also is if you're on that team and you you just got remissioned, if you will, Terry just, the, the project Terry was on just got got canceled. If I'm coming to Lorenzo's team and said, hey, can I work for you? Without some real effective communication, you can say, oh, no, you're on that you're on that team that went bad. Maybe you're the reason. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. so now it, you're you're all of a sudden you're less hireable inside of your own organization uh, yeah. as you're thinking about adjusting teams and or yep. you're, you're moved without a conversation. And someone where did you come from? Well, I came from this project that that was over here. Oh, so this this concept of how do you <laughs> yeah. how do you make sure that. If you are changing priorities and that affects humans, how do you ensure those humans have the best shot at working inside your organization? Or if for some reason the a descoped project causes people to have to leave, how do you send them off as professional as you can? These are all yeah. parts of best organizations. But without anything, you're right. You've yeah. got your bag sitting in the hallway hoping somebody will hire you. And it, and uh, believe it or not, that's that's a tough sell for somebody inside the organization that probably already has a pretty strong team, maybe down one or two. But that can all be changed with effective application of leaders, strategic communication, and then just caring about those those people because you know they're they're really working hard for you. Yeah, and we can see the gap here. It's clear as day. Those leaders were asked to shut down a project, and had the the leadership, the skip level leaders, or anyone above them known those leaders, engaged with them, know who they were, they could have gotten in front of this and said, hey, your project is shutting down in a month. It's on its way. But with you, Terry, I know you are good at, hey, public speaking. I know you're good at this type of CAD drawing and this. Hey, I've got some recommendations and I've already found somewhere for you to go. So this is what I'm thinking. So that that mismanagement there just totally impacted the culture, but it could have went the other way and it could have went very well with the proper uh, initiatives and steps taken prior to that occurring. Yeah, and, and this gets back to, you know, talent management, job one for leaders, right? If you're not building your team and making your team better every day, you're missing an opportunity so that if something does change or an opportunity arises, you can you can put the right person in the right seat. That's something that people are doing because they have to, not because it's, in turn, it's inherent to how they work. Teams are going to be set up for failure with any changes, growth, reduction, uh, mission changes, because to use a term from a, a leader that I, I, I get to speak to quite often, if you don't have an emotional connection with those people that you work with and you're not able to, to, to get on their wavelength and move them forward through their own desires and motivations, yeah. you're going to miss out. And that's, that has the potential to, to have a catastrophic impact on culture. Because if that person feels like you're abandoning them, they're going to tell two friends who tells two friends. That can absolutely impact culture because this speaks oh, yeah. to yeah, how, again, how priorities are established, how they're adjusted, and then what's the human toll of, of, of that effort and how do you how do you optimize it? Yeah, for sure. And that, that's going to turn the conversations at the water cooler. They're going to go sour and south pretty quick. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And, and leaders can't be everywhere, right? That's why the criticality of communicating prior, making sure that that works. And then the other part of this, Stacey, I know we're getting, getting close to time, but the other part of this is leaders, as you change priorities and as you adjust inside your organization, we often talk about delegation. There are some critical steps to delegation. 
And part of that is making sure that you pick the right person to actually move forward on your behalf, ensuring they have the authorities, but also making sure that there are some conversations and, and the the communication loop is closed. And as to Lorenzo's point, you're verifying and validating what what what's actually happening. And and so as you think about the mechanics of this, you know, delegation is a is a whole podcast in itself, arguably changing direction in an organization is probably a whole podcast in itself. But that criticality yeah. of making sure you're again, it gets back to talent management and moving that way. And then my last note on communication, closing the loop is something we often say, but in, in practice, what it means is if you initiated the communication, you're the person who terminates that communication. Everything has gotten all the way back to you and you're saying, man, great work, or we need to make this work. Acknowledgements are part of that communication loop, et cetera, et cetera. And often people will send it one way. I need this thing to change, or I need this to happen, or this is what I need to get accomplished but they never actually hear back that it was or what effects are they're achieving or this is the impact it's had. That's a disconnect with respect to communication. Yeah, managing those expectations is critical. Absolutely. If I'm on a project and it's closed out, I'm definitely going to want some feedback. Definitely going to want to know, yeah. hey, did I meet the expectations? Was I where I was supposed to be? Uh, but more importantly, what can I do better? Yeah, I think any good leader is going to want to know, hey, this is awesome. You did A, B, and C really well, but you had some opportunities over here with X, Y, and Z. And here's how you can fix it. Or, hey, go talk to Stacy. She can probably get you to where you need to be in this area because she's a subject matter expert. Yeah, I agree. I think that that, that human connection and human component of all of that is extremely important. So, Stacy, I'm not sure if we actually covered everything you wanted to cover. You like did. We, you did. Yeah. I have one question I wanted to pop in here, too, because we talked about, you guys talked about a lot, the Cascade Priority 16. And the ideal way to get that to them, obviously a huge focus on communication in this day and age when so much is virtual. Because I agree, face-to-face is definitely like the most impactful, most productive. How do you do that when you have virtual teams all over the place? You could still have that water cooler gossip factor in there, even when people are not working together around the literal water cooler, right? So how do you manage that as well with all virtual teams. Yep. So there's a there's a few things. One is you, as you're thinking change and and adjustments. Uh, everyone on any 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 organization I've worked with in the last four years has a shared platform and multiple communication platforms they're working off of, ensuring that it's it's there. Right. As Lorenzo mentioned, with leader priorities and, and efforts inside Amazon, it's everywhere. Right. So on all of those platforms and all of those shared documents, consistent messaging. And letting everybody see it, as well as updates. What's actually moving and where are we? The, the water cooler portion, to your, to your conversation, the water cooler portion is going to happen. People are dialing in early for meetings or staying late virtually. We actually encourage organizations to get to let people get there five or ten minutes early so they can actually have some social time if, if your team's working virtually. It's good for them. It's good for the soul. And then they get out of that, all that out of the way before you actually begin the meeting, much like we did today before the podcast started. So that's something that happens. but if leaders are in that conversation where they're just listening and engaging on, on other topics, things that they're concerned about, the team's concerned about, will come up in that time prior or after a meeting. And it, I think it's okay to address it. Hold the meeting and actually cover this so people are clear and begin to speak to it. And then avail yourself so people can, and no kidding, reach out at, at when it's convenient for them and have those conversations with you. Virtual means for leaders, you're applying a lot more time individually with people. And you're also, in many instances, you're missing the nonverbals. So you, articulation is extremely important, asking precise questions, diving into answers that you get so you can understand it better. 
all, all skill sets that leaders have adopted or, or are learning every day. Yep. Now that helps a lot. I like that. No, this is really good. Any, any last notes, thoughts, comments that either of you want to add into this? Yeah, I think as leaders, it's, it's our job as leaders to, to foster a, a positive culture, a culture with purpose. And, and you'll know if you're doing that as a leader, because what's going to happen is, is your team, you're, you're going to start seeing that discretionary effort uh, from your teams. They're going to go that extra mile for you. They're going to take that extra initiative. They're going to have that bias for action in the workplace. And you're going to see it. You see it as a leader. But I think it's important that that you understand and you know as a leader that one of your responsibilities is, is to foster that culture and to make sure that the priorities are known uh, within your organization. And it's up to you to to get in there, have that situational awareness, understand your operational environment and adapt or adjust to it. But more importantly, know your people, engage with your people. That will cover 90% of the concerns and opportunities we see with an organization, just the disconnect between leaders and their employees. I'll just add some depth to that piece that Lorenzo talked about. You know, you know you're doing well when you're not touching it and it's having the effect you wanted, right? That, that means that the organization has begun to just kind of move forward on its own. Stacy, this happens. I'm happy to report this happens where we work a lot. Impossible for me to, to touch everything that's going on, but the team itself kind of auto-corrects, adjusts, asks for help when they need it. If you come to work here, you get assimilated in a good way into what's happening and leaders are moving those things forward and, 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 and really spending time as best they can with everyone but the team's also lifting a lot there. And I think that's, that's huge. The last part that I'll, I'll cover, this is a, is a big subject, right? Culture in organizations is huge. The values of the organization and the values of the individuals and the, and culture kind of give us the left and right limits of an organization. Uh, vision gives us where we're going and mission gives us the, the reason for our existence. Everything in between of that is human actions and behaviors. And those actions and behaviors uh, are are conditioned and applied and motivated because of leaders. And so it really does take leaders to, to move the ball forward. Stacy, as always, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Lorenzo, thanks. And thanks for your time. I'm sure that Stacy will, will fuss at us when we stop recording to, to get our mind right on what we should have covered here versus what we did. But really good topic. And, and I'm just happy we're all together. No, this was wonderful. It really moved organically. So I appreciate that, like where it went and the topics that were covered. Lorenzo, thank you so much for joining us for doing this. I have a couple ideas from this one too, of where we can lead off to for a couple other podcast topics as well. So expect an invite back here soon. Thanks, Stacey. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll be back soon with more. And in the meantime, you can always reach us via email at riskmitigation at lsds.us or from our website, lsds.us. Um, and a challenge throwing out to everyone who's listening to, if you have questions to the team where we can dig up somebody to cover a topic that you would like to see covered, feel free to send that, that our way as well, because we're always open to more ideas for things to cover for you. Until next time, we will be here. We're waiting for you guys. Mm-hmm.